0: Well, this morning <clears throat> we're going to have kind of an exploration of God, <clears throat> specifically why it is that we serve Him. So we're going to look at a few different things. And let's before we begin, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I just come to you right now, Father and God. Every time I get up here to start to preach. I'm reminded of how inadequate I am. But God, I know, and I praise God. And through the Holy Ghost, through your son, through the power that you can give me, Lord, that all of my inadequacies fade into the darkness, Lord. Lord, I just want you to be glorified in everything I say. I ask that you give me the words to speak today that you would be lifted up, that the people here would be would be encouraged to hear about how great You are, Lord. So God, I I turn it over to You right now. I give You control. I give You the the authority. In Jesus' name, Amen. Turn to Psalms 19. (coughs) I've got a, a few different Scriptures I want to share with you today, but let's start in Psalms 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. So, who is God? There's many different ways that He's described in the Bible. Uh, He's, He's given many names in the Bible. And those names are all uh, indicative of a different characteristic of God. But we know Him as I Am. That's how He revealed Himself to Moses. And that name alone says a whole lot. Not only does it speak to His His, uh, eternal nature, how He's ever-present, past, future, present. He always was, always will be. He's I Am. That's what that means. But it also speaks to... His greatness altogether. I mean, it's all-inclusive. You really couldn't come up with a better name for God because He's everything that you need. Everything that you can't even conceive of is Him, right? That's why He's called I Am. You think of it and it's God, right? He's also called... Jesus was called the Alpha and Omega. The first and The last. Once again, it tells you about His eternal nature. How He was before we ever were. And He will be after we're gone. He's all-powerful. Another word for that is omnipotent. He's all-knowing or omniscient. He's everywhere at any time. He can be everywhere all the time. He's omnipresent. There's so many different things you can say about God. We couldn't even begin to scratch the surface today trying to describe God to somebody that didn't know Him. So, who is God? Well, He's everything I need. Things I don't even know I need, He's already got in store. He's everything I can dream of. That's who God is to me. Why do I serve Him? I serve Him because He's greater than anything I can imagine. I serve Him because I can't set limits on Him. I serve Him because He he is worthy to be served and praised. He deserves the honor and glory. He didn't elevate Himself to some kind of status like a man. He just is what He is and He's worthy of praise because of that. He didn't have to work and strive to get elevated or voted into a position. He didn't conquer anything to become what He is. He just is what He is. He is the great I Am. He's worthy to be praised. He deserves our service. Why do you serve Him? Ask yourself that question today. Why do you serve God? Do you serve Him the way He deserves to be served? What does it mean to serve God? It means to do His bidding. Follow His command. Do His will. I guarantee you, most of the time, my kids serve me. They do what I tell them to do. Sometimes they get out there and do their own thing. And a lot of times there's penalties to pay for that, right? There's penalties for me to to pay when I don't serve God the way He requires me to serve Him. Did you hear what I said? He requires me to serve Him. Does that mean I have to do it? No. He requires it of me nonetheless. That's how great God is. You see, He can demand that kind of thing from me, and I can't really argue with it. Because he's right. He's just, he's faithful, he's righteous. Anything you can think of, this word tells about. See, so that's what this Bible does, is it, it describes the character of God. You know another reason I serve him? Because of what he did for me. What did he do for you? Let me share another scripture with you. A couple of scriptures actually. Romans 8 and 3 says, "...for what the law could not do..." The law couldn't help me. The law couldn't save me or redeem me. The law couldn't cover my sin. "...for what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, my flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh." That's what He did for me. He came in a body... That looks like mine. But He was so much greater. He overcame sin. He proved that you could live a life without sin. But in doing so, He also showed us that we couldn't do it on our own. Because we're not God. We just don't have that in us, right? We have nothing but inadequacies, nothing but failures, Every time we turn around, we're born into this sinful nature. The law couldn't do anything for us, but what did Jesus do? Listen, God stepped down out of eternity for a brief moment. You understand that? He condescended to my level. He became just like me. He didn't have to do that. He came down to my level so that he could be made a sacrifice for my sin. That's what Jesus did for me. He came down here and he paid the price that I couldn't pay, that nobody else wanted to pay. Nobody else could do. Nobody could do it. And he just stepped out of his royalty. He stepped out of his godliness for a little while, became a man so that he could do that. Think of the planning. You say, what are you talking about? Listen, this wasn't a reaction. God didn't just snap to one day and realize, oh my goodness, I've got to do something to counteract sin. It was His plan from the beginning. He knew once He created somebody that had free will, He was going to have to make a way. Listen now, He thought enough of me from the beginning of time. Remember, He's everlasting. He's eternal. He's the first and the last. He, he had the plan already laid down. The Word says, before the foundations of the world, He had a plan for my redemption. That's personal. That's personal, y'all. He had a plan for my salvation. He had a plan for me to be washed clean so that I could be in relationship with Him. That's what Jesus did for me. That's why I serve Him, because He thought enough of me to step out of eternity and to affect my future, have an impact in my life. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 8 says, Let this mind be in you. Now listen, that you need to pay attention when he says that. He said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. This is the way you ought to act and think is what he's saying. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Why? Because He is God. But made Himself of no reputation. Took upon Him the form of a servant. You don't think about Jesus being a servant very often, do you? How did He serve us? Who did He serve? He served us, right? He became our servant. Listen now. Took upon the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, He humbled Himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He served me. He became my servant. he humbled himself <clears throat> to such a degree that he took my punishment that 's why I serve him because he didn't have to do it. it wasn't robbery for him to be equal with God. he was God he is God first uh, the book of john the first chapter says that there was nothing made that wasn't made by Him. Everything that was made, was made by Him. He is God. So pardon me if I speak about God and Jesus in the, in the same terms. But He is God. The next thing I thought of is, how much does He love you? Remember, these are all reasons of why I serve Him. You're supposed to be asking yourself the same question. How much does He love you? Well, you know, this is a Scripture that everybody here can quote. Everybody sees it at football games and everything else. John chapter 3, verse 16 and verse 17. And I want you to really listen to these words because you may can quote them, but there's been time after time that I could quote a Scripture and I realized later on I didn't fully understand what it meant. I want you to hear these words, and I'm going to do my best to bring out some deeper meaning to you, okay? For God so loved the world. He loved the world so much. He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And you notice in the first part of that, it says that He so loved the world. He didn't he didn't separate that in any way. He didn't say He so loved the Jews. He didn't say He so loved only those that would follow Him. He loved the entire world so much that He sent His Son. Verse 17, For God sent not His Son, listen now, See, some of you sometimes, let me just stop for a second. I want to I want to bring something to your knowledge, to your attention. Some of us get to a point in our walk with God, excuse me, that it it kind of even becomes a a drudgery to serve Him. You get so wrapped up in the day to day details, the circumstances that you just get overwhelmed and, and you get tired. And you forget this one little thing. You begin to feel condemnation. That sense of guilt because you don't live up to that standard that God has for you. Look at verse 17. God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Jesus didn't come to condemn you. Jesus didn't come and live a perfect life so that you'd feel bad about yourself and and never do anything good because you're not worthy. He came to give you life. He came to give you life more abundantly that you could live a victorious life. I want you to remember that the Word tells you that you are made more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. You are a victor. The battle has been won. That's why I serve him. I serve him because not only did he come and save me from myself and from my own sin, but he came and gave me victory. He gave me the not only redemption, but he gave me sanctification. He justified me through His own righteousness. His righteousness is put on my account. And it's not my righteousness that makes me anything. It's His righteousness. Because I fall into that lineage now. Because I've been adopted. i brought into a family of righteousness. That righteousness, see, when people hear my name in eternity, it's not Kevin Alfred that matters. It's the fact that I'm a son of God. I am a prince. I am not a pauper. And when I examine that kind of thing, when I begin to remember who it is I am in Christ, I have no, no other recourse but to want to serve my King. That's what He did for me. That's how much He loved me. He stepped down out of eternity. He took, he took away... Listen, He still bears those scars today. When I see Him someday, He's still going to have those scars. You know why He still has them? Because He chooses to have them. Those are His battle scars. It shows that the, the battle was fought, that'll always be remembered. It's a, it's a memorial to what he did. If you walk up and tell somebody, "Man, I got in a bad fight the other day," and they look at you and say, well, "You look normal, I don't see any, anything wrong with you. Was this in your dreams?" But if they look at you and they see just scratches and cuts and bruises, they don't even question you. They believe what you say, what you're saying. Y'all listen, Jesus still bears the evidence of what happened. It's an eternal testament to not only what happened to Him, but what He did for us. That's why I serve Him, y'all, because He's so awesome. Because He's so wonderful. At any point in time, He could have just spoke the Word and it would have ended. But He finished the work. When He was on the cross, He waited until the last minute. When it was all done, He said, it's finished. He completed what He came to do. He didn't chicken out. Y'all, I know a lot of people that would have chickened out. I know some that may have went through part of the punishment. They would have gave in. You know, we, we watch movies and we see all sorts of dramatizations of what His crucifixion was like. And you know, I don't know how accurate they are. I don't know how close they are to the real thing. Some of them may even overdo it. I don't know. But I know it was awful. And the thing that really encourages me, the thing that makes me want to serve Him more, is that He did it for me. It wasn't just, a, it wasn't just some thing He did that kind of blanketed the entire world and He didn't have no thought of, of the individuals. Listen, He thought about me. He saw every face. He saw every soul. He knew everything that was going to happen to Him and He did it anyway. He demonstrated his power time after time after time. At any point in time, he could have just jumped off the cross and showed everyone his power. But he didn't. He humbled himself, he became a servant. So he'd be an example for me. That's why I love him. That's why I serve him. The last thing I thought of is what does he have in store for me? See, my Jesus didn't just, my Jesus didn't just save me from my sin. He didn't just give me a demonstration of His love on the cross, but He's got plans for my future. What does He have in store for me in this life? I couldn't even begin to tell you what He's going to do for me. But I know one thing: He is going to do is after this life. You see, Jesus said, "I I came to give you life and give it more abundantly." He said, I'm fixing to go away. These are my words. I'm fixing to go away, but but be, keep in mind that if I go away, it's to prepare a place for you that where I am, you can be there also. See, He, he came so that we could be with Him. He's not going to go and leave us. No. That's why He came was so we could be with Him. And He went to prepare a place for us. Y'all, I look so forward to that. I look so forward to it and you say, well, I may be near the end of my life and I've just accepted Jesus. It may not be that wonderful. Listen, that's not what Jesus taught. Jesus gave a parable of the workers. I don't remember exactly what it was called, but what He did was He demonstrated about you what your reward will be. And He had some workers that showed up in the morning and they agreed to a certain wage. Let's just say $5 a day. Let's just throw a number out there. And then he had some that showed up in the middle of the day. And he, they agreed to the same wage, $5. Then he had some that showed up just before 5 o'clock. And they agreed to the same wage. And when the end of the day came, they all got paid the same thing. And the, the ones that started out early in the morning said, well, Wait a minute, we worked all day. He said, Well, wasn't that what you agreed to? See, it don't matter when you come. I'm not trying to encourage you to stall. I'm not trying to encourage you to wait Him out. But what I'm telling you is that great is your reward. Listen, there is eternity to be had. He didn't come just for your salvation. He didn't come just to demonstrate His love. He came so you could be with Him. That's why I serve Him, y'all. Because he he has done more for me in that one little sentence I made today, the one little statement I made. He's done more for me than I can ever repay to him. He's worthy to be served and praised. He's worthy to be praised, y'all. Listen, I don't know what you're thinking right now. I don't know what what you've gathered or gleaned from what I said today. But remember this one statement He came. And He went to prepare a place for you. So what are you going to do with it? Remember, I, asked you, I told you to ask yourself a question. Why do you serve Him? And do you serve Him the way He deserves to be served? He came and showed His love to this entire world. But not all people care. Not all people respond. He didn't come to condemn you. He didn't come so that you'd feel guilty about the way you continue to live after you've received salvation. He just came to love you. He came to give you salvation. Ain't nothing you got to do to earn it. Just ask Him for it and it's there. I believe most of y'all here today are saved. That's not even a concern on most of you. But I want you to leave here knowing He's got something in store for you. And it's wonderful. Paul said that the, the, the trials and tribulations of this life don't even compare to the glory that's going to be in eternity. They don't even compare it. You may think you're going through terrible things right now, but that's the thing that keeps me going. That's the thing that keeps me wanting to serve Him because I remember not only what He did in the past, but I remember what He's going to do for me in the future. See, He has a plan for you. Over in Jeremiah, it says that He knows His thoughts towards you, that they're for good and not for evil, to give you an expected end. You know what that means? It means He thinks enough about you to to plan out your ending. He thinks enough about you that, that you can find comfort in knowing God has your future in control. That's how much He cares about you. There ain't no reason to be down. There ain't no reason to beat yourself up. All of us fail. Turn back to Jesus. Turn back to Him right now. It's not too late. Some of y'all sitting here today may find yourself at a point in your life where you say, I ain't really served God the way I should. I'm going to add my hand to that. I haven't served God the way I should. But it's not too late. You can turn to Him right now and say, Jesus, I'm sorry, but I want to serve You. I love you. Thank you for what you did. See, that's my point today. My whole purpose in being here today is to remind you of what He's done, who He is, and what He's going to do. He's got you in mind. I guarantee you, He's speaking to your heart right now.